Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, and a happy Valentine's Day to you. From us, the Liberty Roundtable Live, hard-hitting news the network reviews to use radio team. This is the broadcast for February the 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Uh, man, uh, we got a lot to cover, a lot of news going on, a lot of things happening in the country. Folks, the Super Bowl won by the Rams. They riot in California. What's that all about, ladies and gentlemen? They just want every excuse to riot, don't they? Wow, it was a rapper's halftime show like you'd never believe. Um, hip-hop and rap and whatever you want to call it was the uh, order of the day. Usually they've had a rap artist or so on the stage, but this time it was absolutely all rap and R&B, if you will. Very interesting twist as the nation changes before our very eyes, turns away from God, and the only people allowed to use the N-word are black people. The rest of us, no, sir, that's not racist. You're a racist. Got it? Wow, wouldn't you like to be a racist, too? Not? Thank you so much. I believe we're all God's children, and we should act like it, treat each other kindly and respectfully, and... Let's look at the content of one's character, shall we? Anyway, back to <laughs> back to prime time. Saturday's broadcast recap starts now. We talked about Americans that are moving to Texas, Florida, and Alabama, and basically the South in droves as people can work from a home since COVID USA started. <clears throat> USA Today with the details of that. Yeah, everybody's leaving the expensive, high-taxing, belligerent liberal states. People are moving from blue to red big time. People haven't just made the planet hotter, they say. We've actually changed the way it even rains, USA Today says. A big, huge expose on the climate, and uh, basically you're responsible, they say. And I reject that notion. I get the simple idea that, hey, humans are on the planet. But you know what, folks? When we obey God's laws, we're blessed. When we don't, he uses the weather to stir us up in remembrance of our God, to punish us, if you will, or remind us is a better way to say it. Uh, It isn't the fact that you live on the planet. Don't let the godless have you believe that somehow you're the enemy, that you and the earth are at war with one another. It just isn't the truth, folks. Hour two, we had on an incredible guest, Mr. Randy Smith. He's the founder and CEO of Freedom Ventures, Inc. You say, what's that? Well, he's got the voter card, voter key card solution. It leverages bank grade security, provides full transparency, accountability, and uh, the manual tally of paper ballots. Yeah, he combines that all with technology. Very interesting, by the way. First, we verify each voter is a living citizen and legal resident in their state, county, city. This would happen before each election to ensure that voter rolls are actually cleaned up and proper. Each citizen would then be issued a, quote, voter key card, which would be, uh, it's like a bank card with a secure chip in the card, right? 
Uh, anyway, then if your plastic voter key card simply gets lost or stolen, then you can be reissued a mobile version of your voter key card, they say, via one-time use QR code that's generated uh, only within weeks before the election. And then by logging into the platform, you can receive a one-time PIN code. Uh, Anyway, the bottom line is uh, the person's in pretty good shape if they have one of these digital cards. You say, Sam, you mentioned paper ballots, these digital cards. Well, these technologies blend together according to Randy's plan. And they say our transparent vote tally system places citizens and sheriffs or police officers in charge of the vote, quote, adjudication in our elections. This is accomplished by paper ballots being tallied under public high-definition live stream cameras over the top of every vote tally table. So this guy's got paper ballots combined with technology to really bring transparency to the mix. Great interview with Randy Smith, an interesting technology to say the least. Welcome to the broadcast. That's a recap of Saturday's show. News that networks refuse to use starts now. Lowell Nelson campaign for liberty.org. Happy Valentine's Day to you and your family. And welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Wow, thank you, Sam. It's good to be here. Have you heard of the voter key card before? No, that was, I sort of read the notes from your show last time and uh, thought, heard it for the first time. It sounds interesting. All right, check it out, voterkeycard.com. And I, it's, I guess it's a high-tech guy that wants to get to the bottom of vote fraud. He believes in counting paper ballots, but he also believes in having a digital key card, which is uh, basically like a, um, a a vote card that you would basically use alongside your paper ballot. Uh, and then that way, hey, you would have two tallies, the vote tally digitally and the vote tally on paper. And then everybody would be able to watch via high-definition cameras over top of each table, and uh, you know what? Virtually everybody could watch it on the live stream cam, uh, but you could create accountability to adjudicate the vote right on the spot. And uh, it's a pretty neat, pretty interesting system, to say the least. Uh, anyway, voterkeycard.com. I don't want to spend forever on that, but I did want to spend time enough on that to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, secureVoteUtah.org. Today is the last chance to sign the petition. And I was at a Valentine's dinner Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen, and they were passing out those, or I shouldn't say passing out, they were having people come around and asking people to sign uh, the Secure Vote Utah, um, I don't know what you want to call it, petition is the best way to describe it, uh, on the spot, and a lot of people were signing, Lowell. Hey, that's really good to hear. I was sick, uh, you know, up to my neck in uh, processing those petition packets <laughs> that night and collecting them back. It's been a... Uh, Herculean effort to to uh, to collect them back. I had we you know we have hundreds of these out all over the state, and of course we're in the process of collecting them back in and and, and processing them. Uh, there was you know, we have we have to, to do a few things with the packet before we submit it to the county clerks, and uh, that just took a lot of manpower and, and a lot of time and effort. So yeah, I was uh, sorry to to miss the, the the occasion there with you on Saturday night, but. But know that I was, uh, you know, uh, just doing a lot of the processing of those petition packets here at the headquarters, so to speak, uh, so that we could uh, submit those petitions to the county clerks. 
All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. SecureVoteUtah.org. In my mind, get involved today. It's a real chance to double down in favor of honest, transparent, accurate paper ballot elections. We got to get that done ASAP. SecureVoteUtah.org. Any more on that one, Lowell? No, that's good, Sam. Thank you so very All much. Right. Great well, what, opportunity. What day of terrorism are we under right now, then? <laughs> now we got to go to the Utah legislature, man. It's, it's just a day of terror. 45 yeah. days straight of terror every year right after Christmas, you know? I think we're like at 28 days now, maybe 35. Ooh, I can't remember. We go, to, we go to like March 4th or March 5th this year. At least we're over halfway. That's the blessing. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. They got a bill. What's it called? 11? Yeah, House Bill 11, Sam, entitled Student Athletics Participation. Basically, this is a bill, Sam, that would allow a male to compete in female sports after a year on hormone therapy. Uh, This, of course, would become an invitation for misguided males to do hormones just so they can compete against females. Well, why would they want to do that, Sam? Well, you know, because they... You know, it, 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 everybody under, understands and knows that males, on average, are physically stronger, bigger, and faster than females. And so you, why would you want to do that? Well, because then you could be at the top of the heap, so to speak, right? You're a guy, and, and you really can't get first place as a guy in guys' sports. But, boy, as a girl, boy, you could, right? You could really show them there. And so if you do these transgender hormone therapy for a year, you know, according to this law, then you'd be able to now compete with girls in all girls sports, right? Because you'd you'd be consistently affirming your identity as a as a girl, as a female, and uh, having done hormone replacement therapy for a year, then you could you could actually begin to sound and look a little bit like like a female, and and uh, so that that's your that your incentive is 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 to go over and and play in, on the all female sports teams because you'll be seen as a, a stronger competitor, right? You'd be able to, to start the games. You'd be able to, to win more more of the matches, more of the tournaments and so forth. Well, that's just simply wrong-headed. It's patently unfair to females. As this bill, Sam, would turn female sports upside down in Utah. We must not allow this bill to advance. It's in committee this morning at 8 o'clock, Sam, so in 45 minutes, First thing on the committee of the health and, and the health and what is it health health services committee. Uh, uh, the first item on their agenda is this bill. And Sam, you need to know that, that I know. I, I don't think it's appropriate for for male and female athletes to mingle in the locker rooms and restrooms and showering facilities and so forth, as is suggested in the January 25th draft of the Utah State Board of Education's quote, guidance identity, I'm sorry, yeah, gender identity guidance for Utah public education, end quote. That's the title of their document, Sam. And it says some horrendous things about, you know, public school guidance on gender dysphoria. We can talk about it after this. Yeah, uh, in seconds, ladies and gentlemen, we'll do it with Lowell Nelson. We'll talk about this in detail. All I'm telling you is what on earth are we thinking as a society, folks? Liberty Roundtable, live. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What do you wish your parents would do to show you they love you? Take me to Montana. That I would have a huge slumber party with all the girls there. Play with me more often. My mom's so busy with the board meeting. To spend more time together as a family. Do more out-of-the-house activities. This is a tough one. My parents, they do everything they love me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have a roof over my head. They don't need to show it to me. They just know they love me. Well, not yelling at me very much. What do you wish? What do you wish? Raise my allowance. To not argue together. Um, have my dad be home more for dinner and stuff so that it could be even closer. Family, isn't it about time? Buy me an ice cream and kiss me to love me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, what's the next question? All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, in a world where we all say, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, with me. We're talking about this crazy bill in Utah. Uh, what is it? Bill 11. Uh, this is a whacked out bill, ladies and gentlemen, wants males to be females and females to be males. And it's all around sports and everything else. Sports seems to be ground zero in the discussions. But I don't believe men and women belong mixing in locker rooms or bathrooms or dressing rooms or anything else of the sort we've been pushing that for years uh, but really what about follow the science though there are absolutely scientifically reality checks when it comes to male and female there is no debate that science backs the two gender male and female created he them god ordained reality lol absolutely right sam gender is an essential characteristic of your identity of, of every person's uh, you know, identity and purpose. Gender comes really in only two flavors, male or female. A student is either male or female. That's it. And, and, and that's determined at conception. There's no amount of angst about, you know, a male being in a female's body or a female being in a male's body. There's no amount of angst that will change one's biology, right? But this public education system in Utah, particularly the Utah State Board of Education, this Committee on Guidance for Gender Dysphoria, they come along with a document that's dated, here's the draft document dated January 26th, and they wanted public input on it. And it's, you know, I read through the whole thing, it's, I don't know, 10, 12 pages long, but, but I mean, all through the document, it's 
talking about how to make accommodations for these gender dysphoric students, you know, the ones who think they're a male and a female's body or vice versa. And uh, for instance, it says in part, it says, quote, students should have access to facilities that correspond to their consistently asserted gender identity. Facilities include, but are not limited to, locker rooms, restrooms, showering facilities, costume rooms, backstage areas, nurses' office, and athletic training rooms, end of quote. This document was just littered with this kind of language, this kind of verbiage, you know, making these accommodations for gender dysphoric students. You know, and, and it's just, and, 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 and so this bill, uh, this HB 11, would, would enable you know, males who, who want to, to mingle with females, if they just do these hormones for a year, then they can, they can pretend they're females, which would give them access. That would be their consistently asserted gender identity. And then they could have access to all of the places where females, you know, gather, which is locker rooms, restrooms, showering facilities, and so forth. And so this is the craziness that's going on in our, in our, uh, Public School uh, Board of Education here in Utah. It just, it just boggles the mind, Sam, that, that they would be doing this, this kind of thing, you know, dangling in this direction. Um, and, uh, and so making these kinds of accommodations, in my opinion, Sam, would put Utah on a very slippery slope. You know, we might end up like California, whose legislature approved a law, which we discussed here on the program last week or maybe the week before, that allows an inmate to be housed with inmates of the opposite sex if the inmate identifies as a member of that opposite gender. And uh, as we mentioned, Sam, there have been 261 requests for gender-based transfers filed by prisoners in, you know, since the law took effect on January 1st of 22, just, just 40 days ago, or 44 days ago, Sam. Uh, right there in the California penitentiary system, and an explosion of requests of, of males who want to be housed in the, the facilities that, which are today uh, entirely occupied by females. And so similarly, Sam, compelling females in Utah schools to share restrooms, locker rooms, showers, etc., with males is as outrageous as it is foolish. I mean, I'm asking these people in my input, my feedback to them, I says, where is your moral compass? You are punishing traditionally female and male students by accommodating the small minority of students who identify with the opposite sex. This, folks, is the per proverbial tale wagging the dog, Sam. It is. Yes, it, it is. is. But, it's, but it's worse than that, in my opinion, because I started out by saying this. You know what? Where's all the follow the science folks? Where's all the Me Too women? You know, if they're going to be abused sexually or whatever else, it's wrong and evil, satanic. There's no doubt about it. But this same, uh, in my opinion, reality that we're facing here, this perversion, this jettisoning science, jettisoning thousands uh, of years of, of real history about male and female, jettisoning God's laws on the topics. Look, this is the precursor to perverted sex and, and abuse to women. Okay, you could say, well, no, Sam, this is just about sports. No, it's not. It's about breaking down the barrier between male and female. And it's about jettisoning the science, living a lie. 
And in my opinion, the Me Too movement should be saying, wait a minute, we know down the road this is going to lead to trouble and abuse, more abuse. The Me Too movement should be standing up on this. The, uh, I mean, where are all the truth tellers? Science, the Me Too movement, all these people. They're, there's absent, Lowell. Yeah, they're just, they were absent without leave, Sam. Now, there was a great website I ran across yeah, over the weekend, uh, something like, uh, you know, You Hate Women. Yeah, I think it's called You Hate Women or something. I'm, I'm looking for it right now. But but it identifies, you know, the owner of Utah Jazz. You know, why does he hate women? It, it identifies Spencer Cox, our governor, our current governor. Why do you hate women, Spencer Cox? And it's because they support this particular movement, this particular direction, um, that they hate women. It's, it is unfair to women, what they're doing. They're abusing women by their by the uh, political position that they are taking and uh it, it's just absolutely wrong and uh, i just thought this was a very you know telling website um uh, talking about you know you know and explaining why supporting this type of a thing is really just hating women unfortunately sam but that's if, if you thought if, if listeners thought that utah was some bastion for um you know right thinking or some wonderful place to be because we have the right people in government. Boy, think again. We've got a governor. We've got people in, in high places in this state that believe this kind of crap. Sam, it's just absolutely wrong. Um, but that's what they're that's what they're thinking, unfortunately. Sam. Well, and ladies and gentlemen, it's something that we need to be uh, willing to stand up about. Okay, we need to not be silent. We this is a culture war battle, in my opinion, with epic, hostile, negative repercussions. We need to simply stand on the science. We need to simply stand on God's law, and we need to double down and say, "Look, God created male and female. You can manipulate the truth all you want with your beliefs, your ideas, your identifying whatever term you want." But ladies and gentlemen, we got to reject this in the Utah legislature. And the reason that I uh, focus so long on this, as opposed to moving on to other topics, is because if it's going on in Utah, one of the most conservative states in the union, uh, this kind of shenanigan stuff is going on in your state as well. Ferret out the bills in your state and shut them down, just like we need to do to the Utah legislature. HB 11 is the bill to absolutely shut down. One last point on this, uh, Lowell. Are most lawmakers caught up going, this is crazy town, or are most drinking the Kool-Aid? We are going to find out this morning in this 8 o'clock meeting, Sam. It'll be the first test for this particular bill. And uh, that website, uh, youhatewomen.org, resolves to protectthewomen.org. Just a very simple website with news articles about Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, why he hates women. It has, it, it has the uh, the link on an article in the Salt Lake Trib showing where, how Spencer Cox supports biological men competing against girls, um, and it um, you know how many others at the Utah State Legislature hate women. So uh, it's very you know, and and then at the, the bottom of the website is an appeal to protect our our girls, our ladies, our our women in our lives. You know, preserve their opportunity for scholarship. Because if, if, if guys start participating in women's sports, then what's going to happen? 
there'd be fewer scholarships given to the true women, to the true biological females among us. Instead, they're going to go to the biological males who are pretending that they're women. Now, this, this kind of thing is already happening in Connecticut and other states. These young ladies are getting shut out. I mean, uh, champions who would normally be getting the scholarships to go on to compete in the collegiate level, they don't get them because of the guys that are pretending that they are ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, I think what set the stage for this is government school where we've taught belligerent doctrination agendas that have upended the truth for so long. We have got to take our kids out of the government school. We'll talk about that in seconds. An incredible article written by Ron Paul on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Justice Department is reporting special counsel John Durham's investigation uncovered. Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign paid for a technology company to infiltrate and spy illegally on Trump Tower servers and later the presidential White House servers. The current National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was named as one of the architects of the false narrative that tied Trump to Russia. Hours after Canadian police removed protesters camped for nearly a week near the Ambassador Bridge, a critical U.S.-Canadian border crossing, the bridge reopened for traffic and commerce. A Windsor resident tells Detroit News, Canadian police came after her for just watching. I said, am I doing something wrong? They said, no. I said, well, then leave me alone. I said, go arrest Trudeau and Biden and Dilkins and leave me alone because I'm not leaving. And they left me alone. The Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl 23-20. to USA Radio News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian health care sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE, 833-34-BIBLE. Authorities in Olathe, Kansas, are investigating a serious plane crash and fire at a Johnson County Executive Airport that happened around 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning local time. The plane involved was a Piper Meridian turboprop heading to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Eyewitnesses on the scene said the plane attempted to take off and at some point slammed into the ground and burst into flames. Fire Captain Mike Hall on News 9 KMBC. It's another tragic day. You know, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Sunday. Uh, weather's fantastic. And then you get an event like this and just reminds you how precious life is. The pilot was the only one on board and perished in the crash. Eleven people were injured in a random stabbing spree along Central Avenue Sunday in Albuquerque, New Mexico. One suspect is in custody. A spokesman for the Albuquerque Police Department says the stabbings were random in nature. 
The Los Angeles Police Department declared an unlawful assembly Sunday night after violent and destructive Los Angeles Rams fans wrecked havoc on downtown streets following the team's Super Bowl victory, 23-20, USA Radio News. All right, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org is with me. Ron Paul wrote an incredible column. Homeschooling can save children from critical race theory and masks, he writes. An incredible column, but it can also prevent the indoctrination that has replaced true education. We've had indoctrination promoting these perverted ideas about the jettisoning of male and female, etc. For quite some time, they've really spent time uh, indoctrinating the hearts and minds uh, away from Christ and away from God created he, them, male and female, to this psychotic idea that we're seeing today, Lowell. This is just one of many indoctrinational realities that we see, and Ron Paul's spot on for the solution. He sure is, Sam. Uh, Most parents, you know, believe the core mission of our schools is teaching core subjects, such as reading and and mathematics and science and so forth. Um, But we have come to understand that the... um, uh, some of this other ideology, political ideology, is being in and taught. We learned from Natalie Klein, our, one of our state school board members, one of the good ones, that um, critical race theory is, is being taught. It's, it's woven into the fabric of every subject being taught in our public school system. And then, of course, this guidance, this gender guidance document we discussed in the previous segment, that is, is, is being considered for implementation throughout our public school system here in Utah. So this idea that you know, our schools, all they do is reading, writing, and arithmetic is, is, uh, is simply not true. Um, Ron Paul writes this, quote, the replacement of education with indoctrination is one reason many parents are pulling their children out of public schools to homeschool. Of course, he says, one main reason for the growth in homeschooling is the COVID lockdowns and mask and vaccine mandates Restrictions at schools have been especially absurd since children have tended to be in little danger from COVID, end of quote. Well, as you know, Sam, homeschooling is legal in all 50 states, but the so-called experts are continually undermining efforts of those who homeschool their children. For example, there's a bill in the Alabama state legislature that would provide taxpayer funds for homeschoolers, but with funding comes control. Right? So if a homeschooling parent accepts those funds, then that parent must also accept government control over the home school. And so, you know, some schools, uh, uh, and so that's why, that's why really uh, homeschools and private schools are so obstinate, and wisely so, obstinate about accepting government money, uh, which is really public money, which is really stolen from taxpayer money. Well, you know, some schools, they'll use truancy laws to harass homeschoolers. Some states make parents prove their homeschool students are receiving an education that meets state standards. Well, remember the guidance document we just quoted earlier? That is an example of a state standard. Do, do you want your homeschooled children living up to that kind of a standard, right, where, where girls and boys are, are sharing, you know, facilities? Well, you know, I, that's not what I want. But the good news, Sam, is that as homeschooling has become more popular, 
there have been produced many additional resources to help parents. Resources such as the Ron Paul Curriculum, the Liberty Classroom, True History from Brian McClanahan, the Freedom Project Academy from the John Burr Society, and many, many more. The, the Tuttle Twins uh, books from uh, the Libertas Institute here in, in Utah. I mean, the list goes on and on. Great, great resources for homeschoolers. Well, students can use this kind of curriculum. Uh, they can uh, obtain a superior education when compared to standards set by the pol politicians and the bureaucrats. So instead of indoctrinating students with instruction in subjects like critical race theory, these homeschooling resources provide students with a solid education in history, literature, math, science, and so forth. It also gives students the opportunity to create their own websites and internet-based businesses. The curriculum is designed to be self-taught with students helping and learning from each other via the online forum. And, and Sam, it's my understanding that you have been preaching this for at least 25 years and that you and your wife have homeschooled all of your uh, eight children. Is, is, is that right, Sam? Yeah, that's right. We homeschooled every one of them. Uh, as they got older, though, we put them in a private school, no government funding whatsoever. But, uh, yes, we have homeschooled all of our children. Uh, every one of them have been, has been homeschooled. And then as they get older, we put them in private school. And the reason we do is because then they can graduate with a certificate and it's easy to transition to college uh, and everything else. But, yeah, we homeschooled all of our kids. I will never put a kid in government school. Have, never have, and never will. Well, I'm with you there, Sam. I know our not our happening daughters. on my watch, buddy. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I know, and 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 our middle daughter, you know, worried a little bit about not getting a, a high school diploma, but it turns out that Rick's College, uh, BYU Idaho, they reached out to her, and and um, they they actually had a one person dedicated his full time job at Rick's College, BYU Idaho. I mean, was to seek out homeschooled children uh, and, and who wanted to, to, to go to, to college, to go to the university. And so she had a, a good ACT score, and they just welcomed her right into college because, you know, that was, their, that was his mission. It, they, didn't, they didn't worry about a high school diploma, but they welcomed uh, homeschooled students. Very, very helpful to her, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious. Uh to understand the solution is homeschooling and appropriate private schooling for sure. I think homeschooling produces the best uh, that you can find when it comes to education for sure. There are resources to help homeschoolers that we need to uh, really focus on too. The Ron Paul curriculum is a huge one. The Liberty Classroom uh, is another one to history from beyond. The Freedom Project Academy from the John Birch Society. Uh, Phyllis Lafley put together a reading program. Uh, you've got um, Khan Academy that's free. There are so many options nowadays. When I started out, there was nothing like this at all, uh, Lowell. But now there's just program after program. Even American Heritage, the private school that I send my children to, has an online worldwide curriculum as well that's just tremendous. And a lot of them even have live professors uh, via two-way video and I mean, it's really like a, a virtual classroom with real-time professors and everything else. It's incredible. So there are so many homeschooling options. Uh, Lowell, any final tidbit on that? Well, just a story. I had a Chem 106 lab when I was at BYU. 
his name was Brian, and uh, he uh, attended a, a private um, Catholic school in northern Idaho uh, all of his life. You know, home, he was homeschooled and then this private school. Um, and he would always finish his labs like 20 minutes early, <laughs> you know. And, and so I, I, I got to be friends with him and found out, you know, his history, a little bit of his background. But he was so incredibly intelligent. He didn't mess around with, you know, uh, I mean, he just seemed to understand the subject. He's just incredibly intelligent and fast, but fun to be around. Um, I mean, none of, this, none of these arguments about, well, if you homeschool your, your boy or your girl, they're going to be backwards, socially awkward and stuff like that. No way. This guy, he was top of the class, popular, um, and, and just so insightful. I mean, a wise young man. It was really fun to, to go to chem, chemistry lab class with him because of his background. I mean, everybody just wanted to be around him and be, be, be with him and see what he was doing because he knew all the right answers. And I mean, it just, it was just, um, very different than the, um, the portrayal of, of homeschool students you know, portrayed by mainstream media and public educators and stuff like that. So just a fun story about that, Sam. Thanks. One uh, really last point to make on this. We're talking about this incredible article, Homeschooling Can Save Children from Critical Race Theory and Masks, Ron Paul. Uh, anyway, um, is this, you know, some of the Catholic schools, some of the Catholic private schools don't take any government money either, and they have some of the best education opportunities in the country too. So there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things, ladies and gentlemen. You just got to spend time learning about it and getting involved in it. That's for sure. Founders Keepers, Samuel Adams. There's an incredible article in constitutionacademy.weebly.com about this. Lol. Yeah, Sam Adams, one of my favorite founders. Uh, well, here's a little bit of backstory on him. He got his master's degree from Harvard in 1743. I hadn't known that before. I thought he was just a farmer, but... He was an educated man. <laughs> he immediately began the study of law at his father's request, and but soon gave that up at his mother's insistence. So there's a little going on there in the family. Well, he tried his hand at business after he 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 didn't you know left. Uh, he tried law, didn't work out. He tried business, that failed over and over again. Failed over and over. So finally, in 1763, Sam was complaining with some of his friends about a new tax proposed by Parliament. His friends suggested he write a letter to Parliament, which he did. And in part, his letter reads, quote, If our trade may be taxed, why not our land? And uh, so forth. But a very insightful statement by a young man in uh, 1763, Sam Adams. Sam, your namesake. Amen to that. We're going to talk about some of the most famous quotes from Sam Adams. Uh, I'm telling you right now, this guy was a real thinker. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. 
I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about this incredible article in constitutionacademy.weebly.com. Founders Keepers is the title. Samuel Adams is who it's about. When you think of Sam Adams, what do you think of? You think of one of the most famous patriots ever, right? What famous quote do you think of is the question we'll get to in a second. But before we do, the story about Sam Adams is pretty interesting because he tried his hand at several things and he simply was not good at any of them. He failed at a bunch of things. Uh, and then when he uh, decided to write, we found his real genius, uh, and he started to speak and write and different things, began, began to understand what a brilliant mind he was. The only reason I bring this up is because in the main government schools that we have today, if somebody doesn't succeed in, quote, the traditional school, then we kind of think they're not intelligent or something's wrong with them or whatever else. We need to learn that everybody has weaknesses, and everybody has incredible talents. Everybody. And the trick is to get right with God and figure out, you know what, what are your weaknesses? Work with people to compensate for them, to cover them for you. Not to dismiss them, but to support you. And then look for and learn about what your strengths are. And as you discover them, then everyone can become very valuable and fulfill the measure of their creation. Lowell? Absolutely right, Sam. Uh, understanding your divine potential and then fulfilling that is uh, the secret to a happy life. Because if you're doing what you're good at, what you're gifted at, uh, if you're fulfilling your divine potential, then life becomes, oh man, so much more fun to live. I mean, if you have a drudgery job where you, you don't like your job and you, you know, but you have to go to it day after day, then life is drudgery. I've told our girls, you know, that I've never worked a day in my life because I enjoy my work so much that it just becomes like, um, like a, a gift every day, you know, and so that is re that is really the secret. Now, you know, Sam Adams found his niche in politics, um, and I, I don't recommend that people go into politics usually, but but in uh, his day, this was where he excelled, and um, 
and, and that's where uh, his gifts were were given. And, and it's one of the reasons why we honor Samuel Adams today is because he was such a great thinker, a great mind. His reputation for sound ideas and patriotic fervor were were just widespread. I mean, very powerful. In fact, his reputation drew the attention of London. Officers were sent through the colonial governor gauge for bribes of both gold and appointments for administrative office. So they were willing to pay him big money if he would go to London and work for them. Well, Sam turned them all down, even though he certainly could have used the money. He was not a rich man. And later, as, as tensions mounted, Sam, an offer of amnesty was offered, along with a threat of a trial in England for treason, right? So they're counting Sam Adams as, as one of the treasoners, tre treasonous uh, people here in, um, in uh, America. But he dismissed this offer as well, telling the government's agent, he said, quote, go tell Governor Gage that my peace has long since been made with the King of Kings. And that it is the advice of Samuel Adams to him no longer to insult the feelings of an already exasperated people, end of quote. Yeah, so they couldn't bribe I wish him. wish we had guys like that today, <laughs> huh, Lowell? That's right. I said that, that uh, quote because, you know, I mean, it was common for him, common for these people like George Washington and Sam Adams, to invoke providence, to invoke heaven in their communications with one another, just like Sam Adams did right here. He said, I have made my peace with the King of Kings, meaning, you know, with Jesus with Christ, Jesus Christ the, the King of this land. And uh, so don't don't try to drive me or tempt me with these other earthly offerings, these earthly earthly riches, this earthly power, because it because I know from heaven that I'm supposed to be here fighting for freedom you know, the sacred cause of freedom. So it's a lesson for you and me, Sam, a lesson for all of us that, that we ought to be doing what the heaven inspires us to do uh, regardless of, uh, of the cost, Sam. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. When you think of Sam Adams, what famous quote do you think of? Lowell's put down five of the most unique, awesome quotes. Here they are. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. And everyone will recognize this one. If ye love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude, than the animated contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not your counsels or arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains sit lightly upon you, and may posterity forget that you were our countrymen. Wow, these are hardcore quotes, ladies and gentlemen, but they tap into the vein of truth like nobody's business. Check out this one. It is in the is interest it? of tyrants oh, to reduce the people to ignorance and vice. Wow. For they cannot live in any country where virtue and knowledge prevail. Think about that. And think about in America today. We're into this. You know what? Vice. We're into this confusion right we're in we're, we're really getting ignorant because of government schools and we're in device our devices have become a vice you know what virtue and knowledge is what can save us and protect us ladies and gentlemen this guy was brilliant lol he sure was Sam. um and then the another quote he he 
he, he gave, a true patriot would keep the attention of his fellow citizens awake to their grievances and not allow them to rest till the causes of their just complaints are removed. You know, I think about that. Wow, I don't want to take credit for this, but that sounds like Lowell and Sam. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, I think about that in our efforts to uh, rectify the electoral process here in Utah, right, and across the nation. We can't let this die, right? A true patriot cannot let the corruption in our current system die. We, ha- I mean, we can't let it continue to be there. We, we have to continue to fight until we make it right. A true patriot, right, uh, would not allow our, our fellow citizens to rest till the causes of their just complaints are removed. I love it, Sam. Amen to that. And then the final one I think is appropriate when we think of SecureVoteUtah.org, sir. And it goes like this. Let each citizen remember at the moment he is offering his vote that he is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and his country. End of quote. Sam? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now this was a hero. You're talking about Sam Adams, ladies and gentlemen, a brilliant mind, a patriot through and through, gave up a lot to stand for the sacred cause of liberty. He might have lost a lot in the world, but he gained a lot in heaven. We can promise you that. All right, now there's two stories from LewRockwell.com, and they're kind of companion stories. Let's talk about them, Lowell. Well, thank you, Sam. Yeah, the first is about Homeland Security's new terrorism advisory. Well, you actually mentioned this on your show last Thursday, Sam, but I want to emphasize one more important aspect of it again this morning. The advisory says in part, quote, the United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis-, dis-, and malinformation introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. End of quote. Well, so this Steve Smith, writing his column posted on LouRockwell.com last Friday, said that he wrote, the following on his customer satisfaction survey, um, he says this. He says, my purpose in coming to this site was to try to assess what kind of totalitarian repression you might be planning for. The fact that you're actually targeting false or misleading narratives demonstrates that you have no love for free speech or any desire not to trample it underfoot, <laughs> right? Which reminds me again of Samuel Adams' wise quote above, to keep the people in ignorance and vice. Um, can, and then finally, Steve's comment, he ends with this. Also, it is a healthy instinct to distrust the government. He actually wrote this to the government. He says it's a healthy instinct to distrust the government. This distrust should be spread to every corner of the nation, and I, for one, will do whatever I personally can to peacefully further that goal. End of quote. Wow. And, and so this reminds me, Sam, that we have a, you know, such an important and a patriotic duty to distrust the government. Like Thomas Jefferson said, in questions of power, let no more be heard of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. 
See, Thomas Jefferson did not have confidence in man. He did not trust government. He said that a healthy distrust of government was necessary in, in, uh, for, for us to maintain our liberty. And so I just love the fact, and the point that I wanted to emphasize here was that Steve Smith's emphasis was that we have a patriotic duty, Sam, you and me, and all of us listening here, to distrust the government. That's our job. Let no more be heard of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief by the change of the Constitution. Sam? got to remember, it's not an attack on any individual. It's just simply the reality of, of, of humans. It's the, the nature uh, when tempted with money or fame or power or whatever to go off the rails. And so the reason we chain people down is not that we think anybody's evil by nature or that we want to be hostile to certain people. We want to chain down everyone, ladies and gentlemen, because that's the way of safety. That's the way of liberty. That's the way of prosperity. Uh, and peace, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we got to really understand what we're talking about here. And the reality is we want to temper men and women from their baser agendas. All right, the Department of Homeland Security, well, they they were created by the Republicans. Shame on the Republicans forever creating such an entity. But we want to talk about the top information spreaders before the end of the hour. Uh, as well. Incredible article by Steve Kirsch on LewRockwell.com, lol. Yeah, these misinformation spreaders that we really ought to be, um, you know, getting rid of. <laughs> he makes a list of the top dozen, and I'll just name a couple of them. The very first one he mentions is Pretender Joe Biden told the public the vaccines were safe and effective, even though the data said otherwise. He wore ineffective mask, face masks in order to mislead the public into thinking these, these masks could protect them. He refused to meet with any qualified science or doctor with opposing viewpoints before and after mandating the vaccine. Deliberately refused to meet with scientists with opposing viewpoints, so continues to spread misinformation today. He tried to scare the unvaccinated by claiming that the unvaccinated would experience a winter of severe illness and death. And then the next guy, a person named here was Rochelle Walensky, CDC director third guy was Anthony Fauci and he gives reasons why each one of these are information or I'm sorry misinformation spreaders the very people that are mentioned in the terrorism advisory by the Department of Homeland Security these are the folks we ought to be going after not patriots who are spreading truth on the airwaves Sam there you have it ladies and gentlemen Lowell Nelson doing a phenomenal job as always CampaignForLiberty.org, SecureVoteUtah.org. Get involved today. Thank you, Lull. Welcome, Sam. For Lull Nelson and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Happy Valentine's Day to you and your loved ones, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast for February the 14th. 
in the year of our Lord 2022. This is indeed our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we the people need to use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances are brilliant and one of the great solutions we still have at our fingertips. Reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, would you please? All right, the good doctors in the house, Dr. Scott Bradley with us. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website. His lifelong goal and collegiate series to match, to preserve the nation. Welcome back on Valentine's Day, sir. Well, thank you, and I appreciate the good reminder. I mean, a lot of us probably are so buried in some of the other nonsense that's going on, we forget that we ought to be paying attention to other things, too. So it's a good reminder about Valentine's. But, you know, you mentioned the checks and balances, and I don't know if I want to take it off on this tangent, but uh, very few people, if any, have even heard of Montesquieu. Uh, some of the, We've talked on your show enough that some of your listeners would be hearing. But here's a Frenchman. Uh, it's interesting how we had Frenchmen inextricably interwoven into our founding, you know, like Montesquieu. He wrote the first third of the 1700s. He was kind of a precursor to the guys like um, uh, Blackstone and, course all of the founding fathers and then we had uh oh guys like uh, lafayette and we had the guy like bastia there were some really fantastic frenchmen along the way but uh, you mentioned the checks and balances and everything montesquieu wrote before the american founders about checks and balances and separation of powers and, and this idea of having a independent judiciary independent legislature independent um, executive and it's interesting how those elements got incorporated into the United States and of course he was a he was a monarchist because being in France at that time it was not healthy to not be a monarchist but we didn't adopt everything he wrote but what we did do the founding fathers looked examined and under I believe the inspiration of God they picked the elements that would help this nation to become what it was to be but the fact of the matter is it was foundational to how we operate. They've completely blurred that today in, day, in terms of daily operation. Uh, you know, it's like the executive makes laws, so does the judiciary, and so on. But these things absolutely were clearly understood. And, and when, you know, uh, Madison later wrote, you know, if you blend the executive, judiciary, and the, and the legislative into one body, it's the very definition of tyranny. Uh, they came from a strong foundation, and, and, and guys like you know Jefferson would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, they do, that's for sure. So, But Americans today don't understand what we have given away, and it's just tragic. And, and I really think that that's one of the great reasons that we're losing everything is because we don't know what it costs to put them there and the wisdom behind it. So I don't know. There you go. You Ladies and gentlemen, look, let me, let me just say this. What is the meaning of Montesquieu's idea of checks and balances? This is a serious uh, open question that you need to think about. Understand, we're talking about the separation of powers and checks and balances, ladies and gentlemen. The answer would be found in the unique experiment tried by the founding fathers in the beginning. All right? The unique feature in the Constitution, the pairing of separated powers 
with an intricate system of checks and balances to give each branch fortifications against encroachments by the others. Uh, Dr. Bradley, this is serious, and this really is the solution to the problems we face today, sir. Well, absolutely. In fact, as, as again, you've got to go back to the Federalist Papers and read them. But people today say, oh, man, it's the most difficult reading I've ever done. No, it isn't. It's clear, concise review of what it takes to pre- preserve this nation. But, but the, you know, you talk about the checks and balances, and then you inferred on something, which is absolutely essential. Those that have the power must have the constitutional means by which to resist encroachments. And, and you know, for example, the legislature, they got to grow a backbone, man. The legislature needs to say, the heck you say, President, you're trying to create law by mandates or whatever. Your alphabet soup organizations are trying to create law by, uh, by policy and pr- procedure that's enforced as though it were law upon the Americans. No, Americans did not give their consent. They did not give, as it's talked about in the Declaration, the consent to be governed is required. The governed gave their consent on the ratification of the Constitution, and they said, okay, we understand. Here, here's, the, here, here are the, here's the sand pile, if you will, the general government can play in. They can't get out of that sand pile, and it's compartmentalized, and it's divided and subdivided, and there's, there's places where the kids in the, play, in the sand pile can push back on the other kids that are in another segment that weren't granted that authority to play in that part of the sand pile. All of that's there. But unless and until, uh, and I think, <laughs> how do I throw the, the most blame? I guess I really can't. If you had an executive that, that uh, understood and, and kept their actions within the bounds, we'd be a way fast. We'd, we'd make a great leap into freedom. But if we had a legislature that understood that, we'd have a great leap into freedom. If we had a judiciary, I mean, you look at John Roberts when, I mean, first of all, I, I tried <laughs> to keep him in from even being uh, c- confirmed in his hearings. But, you know, who am I? I'm a small voice. But they thought they were getting this great conservative. And then when the uh, Obamacare comes before the Supreme Court, uh, John Roberts gave it cover by saying, oh, yeah, the Constitution says uh, this general welfare thing and it has the, the general government has the power to tax. Oh, yeah, so it fits. No. The, the power to tax is associated only with, the, with the, the power that was granted to do that. They, could, they, have, they can tax to, for example, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5. They can tax to create uh, a mint and create money, for example. They can tax to do immigration naturalization. They can tax to regulate commerce with foreign nations. They can't tax, you know, anything that's not specifically stated. And if you look at... Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, people use that as the uh, elastic clause, if you will. They can carry out anything they need to do. No. Read it carefully, people. It says they have power to carry out the duties that are, that are listed there. That's it. Nothing else. And when they find themselves outside those bounds, as John Roberts did, and I'm, I'm afeard that John Roberts is going to haunt us even more desperately in the near future. But... The fact of the matter is, the founders clearly understood this. They gave the, they separated, and they checked and balanced, they divided and subdivided, and they gave the power to push back to the various different departments. And they're not doing that. They, 
the legislature is sitting idly by while they fiddle away our, uh, you know, using the Nero um, <laughs> thing with Rome burning. Anyway, no, they're sitting there idly by, and they pontificate, and, and they wring their hands, and the, oh, my goodness, oh, ain't it awful. They dink around with all sorts of things they have no right to be dinking around with, and they won't step up and uh, keep their oath of office to prevent the encroachments that are happening constantly. So, I mean, let's just take, for example, the uh, immigration issue. No, no, it's not immigration. It's an invasion. We had more people come last year. I mean, in a, in a given month, we were having a greater number of people coming in than invaded on D-Day in, in June of 1946, excuse me, 44. And, and that invasion force wasn't going away. Over the whole year, they dumped more people into our country than we dumped into Europe after that date to defeat Hitler. It is an invasion. It's a tidal wave. And, and uh, of course, Biden has a responsibility to carefully um, execute the laws of the land. That's, that's talked about in Article 2. And, and the legislature wrings their hands in impotent despair that, well, this is how they're doing it, you know, kind of thing. And, oh, my heavens. So, so nobody's doing their job. Everybody's doing something they weren't hired to do. And, and they keep fundraising. It's a, it's a program by which the incumbents can keep their cushy job back there. Anyway, I didn't want a tangential take you off. I do it oftentimes. Well, I, fact, I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit more, though. I, uh, let's talk about why uh, the checks and balances, in my mind, are failing. Uh, the intention of the Founding Fathers was to not only have checks and balances at the general level, which means the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. They were designed to jealously guard their responsibilities and authority, their commission, if you will, by the consent of the governed, uh, and they were to protect and back the other groups off, if you will, when encroached upon. So the legislative body should be saying to the courts, uh-uh, or to the executive branch, the president, no, or vice versa. The president should say, you know what, I appreciate you guys want to have uh, uh, Obamacare, but you know what, I don't have authority to exec execute or carry out Obamacare. We're not doing that on my watch, period. Uh, and you know what? You have basically, are you expecting us to spend funds that have never properly been, um, you know, granted? Because even if you try to give funding for it, you don't have authority. You don't have delegated authority in the first place to even do it. So funding something you don't have authority to do doesn't make any sense. See, each one needs to call the other on the carpet. But that's only on the general level divided into three branches. We also have uh, dual sovereignties, the states have tremendous authority where the federal government has minimal, defined, documented authority via the supreme law of the land. We'll come back and talk about this more with the good Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds. FreedomsRisingSun.com if you want to check out his incredible webinars. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. 
The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out his incredible webinars weekly, and uh, also check out his collegiate series to preserve the nation. Incredible for homeschoolers and those who want to educate themselves about the proper role of constitutional limited government. The answer is not to run around and try to build a better mousetrap. The answer is to look at the 200-year incredible history. When we obey the principles of liberty, we have success. When we turn our back on them, we have nothing but disaster. So to preserve the nation, to restore the republic, whatever term you want to use, is the answer. It has always been and will always be, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that. Uh, but I digress, except to say these checks and balances are critical. And I mentioned the general government and the three branches separating power. They should jealously guard their delegated authority. Uh, but the same regarding the states. The states and the federal should have a separation. The states have a state constitution guarding the reality for the states. In other words, laying out what they have authority to do. We the people gave different jurisdictional authorities to different groups on purpose. This is critical to understand and important uh, to lay out before the people because that's the way I believe with these checks and balances we can bring things back. We can insist the states ratchet down the general government. We can insist the states uh, take care of business, but we can also put a check on the states when they get belligerent. This is the authority that we the people have that we really need to understand. Not only do we have the authority, but we've only given consent under certain circumstances to certain divisions of power on purpose. And what we need to do is jealously guard our consent and say, wait a minute, that isn't what we gave consent for you to do, my friends. And we need to be bold and dedicated and consistent uh, in delivering this reality as we the people. And until we do, pardon the pun, I know this isn't great French, if you will, but ain't going to get better, Dr. Bradley. <laughs> so true. The um, the thing that we, oh boy, someday we'll maybe have to do a program on nullification because uh, 
That truly is, uh, you know, the states are the makers of the contract, the contract being the Constitution. The general government, federal, national, however most people re refer to it, but the general government is the creature of the contract. They were created by the contract. They have no authority whatsoever other than what is delegated therein. And, and the states were the makers of it, and so they have a responsibility as makers of the contract to step back in. The, con the creature cannot create its own power. It is delegated only that which is, is uh, absolutely specifically stated. And so the states must re-enter the picture if the general government, Washington and Madison wrote eloquently about this. And again, I don't want to get too far afield because this is something we could take a full hour on and just give a basic understanding. But, but that's the way it was and understood to be. And the creature cannot exceed the boundaries that it was created under. Then, the, then you look at these other, some of these other separations of powers. Uh, they were so, well, let's talk about the Tenth Amendment for just a second. A lot of people, including our governor, our former governor in a home state, and probably our current governor, believe that the Tenth Amendment says that the states can do whatever they darn well please. That is not the case. You go back to the fundamental principles under which this free land was established, found in the Declaration of Independence, where the, the consent of the governed is given. And the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights. States can't violate God-given rights, not and be proper government, I guess. I guess they, they violate fundamental rights all the time, uh, and they, they need to be called back and reeled in. But the states cannot just say all of a sudden, no, no, we're going to regulate um, your, your religious liberty with a mandate about uh, you can't worship or gather in a group. We're going to say you've got to shut down your business. Article 1, Section 10 says that the states can't interfere in business. The idea of habeas corpus and everything, this idea of not being incarcerated or held imprisoned without due process, all of those things, the states cannot violate just because the Tenth Amendment says that, that these powers are reserved to the people in the states. No, the states are limited but not only by their constitutions, but the fundamental principles that are found in the Declaration of Independence. Now, let's look at one other thing, the separation of powers. The Founding Fathers were so worried about power accrual and ultimately becoming abused by those that had it, that they not only separated the different divisions, if you will, within the general government, and of course between the state and the general government, but they also divided and subdivided the powers that were delegated through the source of power. The, if you will, the, the House of Representatives originally got and continues to get their power from the people. They're directly elected by the people. The Senate originally, and does no longer do this, based upon the the egregious 17th Amendment that was The that was perversions ratified. that have taken place since, if you will. That's right. The states well, had a representative's status, status uh, a seat at the table, if you will, uh, at the general government because they, had, they appointed the senators. The president was elected by a, a, a more complex situation, not by the people, not by the states, but by a kind of a composite or a compound of those things through an electoral college. Now, all of these things are under assault. 17th Amendment has already made the senators glorified members of the House, only they have a six-year term still, and they, they consequently are buying power the same way the House always has 
by largesse from the government. But they're trying to do that, do away with that with the president in changing the Electoral College. All of these things were a fitly formed, the tapestry was wonderful that was created to control and contain the tendency of mankind to obtain and then begin to abuse power. And they were trying all they could to prevent that from happening at the at the general level. And of course, with the states, the people need to keep themselves reeled in also. So all of these things fit together, everything from nullification to a, a recognition of, oh, no, no, the, the executive can't create law. He can't do a mandate, can't set it through his alphabet soup organizations. The courts can't create law. By the way, uh, <laughs> well, this one could take a little while to discuss, but uh, uh, back during the Andy Jackson administration, he put some egregious oppressions upon the Native American peoples. And, uh, and wrongly so. The, Let's be clear. It was horrid. Absolutely horrid. There were absolute horrid uh, burdens placed upon the Native Americans. And uh, it went to the Supreme Court. John Marshall ruled against Jackson. And Jackson, although he was wrong in what he had done, he was right in what he said about how the Supreme Court handles things. He said, Marshall has his ruling. Now let him enforce it. See, the Supreme Court can't enforce anything unless we bow our knee and and humble ourselves before them and allow babies to be killed just because they said it's okay to do or because they said Obamacare is okay or because, you know, we could take innumerable examples because almost never do they keep their actions within the constitutional bounds and the way they apply the, the case law and how the Supreme Court gets to basically create law that way. Anyway, the fact of the matter is Marshall was right in ruling against Jackson in regards to the Native Americans, but Jackson was right in saying, well, the Supreme Court made the ruling, but now let them enforce it. They don't have, they do not have an enforcement arm. The executive carries that out. And so let me, let me stop you there, doctor, though, and say not yet. Well, yeah. see, and the reason I give that warning is because, ladies and gentlemen, we see we used to say all kind of things about the checks and balances. Hey, don't worry, the states can rein in the federal government. Well, no, we put the 17th Amendment in place, and now they don't even have a seat at the table for that to happen. No wonder the federal government or the general government so powerful, and the states seem to be puppets of the Fed because, again, they don't have representation, the equal footing, the dual sovereignty has been jettisoned. Okay, the same thing is true here. You know what? Um. I agree, let them enforce it, but I also agree to say, hey, we got to have respect for their rulings. But the only way you have respect for their rulings is if they stay in their lane. And when they violate the consent of the governed, you say, hey, these jokers are criminal too. And, and so we have got to jealously guard these different checks and balances. And it, it's worth pointing out, you know, these checks and balances, the judicial, if you will, the executive and the legislative, that's all the way to the states have the same form of separation of powers. And so do the counties. Dr. Bradley, yes. these separations were designed everywhere to act as checks and balances. Uh, every um, system in America has a, a check, a cross check, a watch, an overlook, a, you know what, offset that always, at least in the intention of the founders, would make sure that, you know what, you're not going to move forward with this or you're not going to do this without making sure we've got 56 ways from Sunday to stop you. Yes, there needs to be government that the vacuum doesn't get filled by a greater despot or a greater tyrannical thug that would abuse us more. 
So government's a necessary evil. But we did our very best to rein them in. And the only way to fix it is for a moral people to go back there too, to preserve the nation, if you will. Freedomsrisingsun.com, Dr. Scott Bradley with me on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Up to 4,000 workers in New York City could lose their jobs at any moment because of the vaccine mandate in the Big Apple. New York City Mayor, Democrat, Eric Adams. Responsibility is clear. We said it. If you hire and you get this job, you have to be vaccinated. If you uh, are not following the rules, you are making that decision. You're making the decision. The top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee, Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio, said Sunday that a bombshell new federal filing proves President Trump's claim he was being illegally spied on and the Russian collusion tale is a hoax. The Durham investigation named three people inside the Hillary Clinton campaign as the masterminds, including current National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Representative Michael Turner said that Durham's investigation uncovered a whole new level of corruption and it's of grave concern. USA Radio News. Water stains on the shower glass. Try rubbing some shaving cream on. Tyler's cleaning crew knows every housekeeping trick in the book. Handling timesheets now. But they need a proper bookkeeper to keep finances tidy. New equipment is a business expense, right? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. The U.S.-Canada border bridge that's been shuttered for days between Windsor, Ontario and Detroit, Michigan reopened Sunday night after police cleared protesters who had been demonstrating against COVID-19 restrictions. By 10 p.m. local time, the Ambassador Bridge was fully open, allowing the free flow of commerce between Canada and the United States. The truckers were protesting the Canadian vaccine mandate with only a few arrests reported. The Los Angeles Police Department declared an unlawful assembly Sunday night after violent and destructive Los Angeles Rams fans wrecked havoc on downtown streets following the team's Super Bowl victory over the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to One television station reported it went from excusable to non-excusable behavior quickly. We are USA Radio News. All right, back with you live. Dr. Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. He joins me Monday and Fridays on the radio. Liberty Roundtable Live, syndicated on all kinds of radio networks. The Loving Liberty Radio Network, Liberty News Radio, 
Bridie on radio, uh, on AM, FM stations across the country, on the Internet, live and on demand. <laughs> the word, the, the uh, distribution just continues to grow, ladies and gentlemen, and thank heavens for that. But I was mentioning before the pause with Dr. Scott Bradley this reality check of, you know what, the separation of powers with checks and balances is critical. The answer is found, ladies and gentlemen, in the unique feature of the Constitution for the United States of America, the supreme law of the land. The pairing of separated powers with an intricate system of checks and balances designed to give each fortification against encroachment, protection by abuse from the others. And this was not only at the general level. This was the separation between the states and the general. It was the separation vertically and horizontally at every level, counties from the states and so on. And the three branches that we mentioned for checks and balances are through the states and all the way to the local level, Dr. Bradley. They did this at every single chance they got to put a check, to put a balance, to put a, whoa, hold on now, stop, yeah, but, because that's the uniqueness of a constitutional republic. And that's why when the founders were asked what kind of government did you give a republic if you can keep it, the idea was not a democracy, although there are principles in democratic involvement. Uh, it is not a, it is not a, it is not a, because there's nothing that put the blend together, the unique proper role of limited government. Nothing was put together hitherto in history. Oh, they borrowed heavily from the Bible. They borrowed heavily from research, from Montesquieu and from all kinds of others, Locke and many. But you know what? At the end of the day, they had a unique form of government like no other ever in the history of the world. But the grand old experiment 200 years later is incredible to look back with 2020 on, isn't it, Doctor? It is. In fact, uh, uh, Madison wrote extensively about that, about how utterly miraculous it was that the finger of God seemed to touch every step of the way. It's interesting. They, they, they knew clearly that the nature and disposition of almost all mankind is to seek, obtain, and then begin to abuse power. And that's why these checks and balances are so critically important. But we've largely abandoned those things as we've gone forward. And it's interesting, it wasn't unique to just this continent. Um, there was a guy by the name of Edmund Burke that was a, a British uh, leader that um, was, he had a soft spot in his heart, let's put it that way, for the Americans. And uh, by the way, he's he, he was much more wise than Thomas Jefferson was initially when he saw the French Revolution ramping up. He understood it was going to end in tyranny because of the the scoundrels that were involved in it and the principles that they were espousing. And Jefferson was so enthused about, uh, I guess, liberty that he figured the French were going to pick up and, and take it to the European continent. Anyway, Burke, uh, a British leader, was uh, favorable to the Americans and, and spoke in their behalf oftentimes, and, and yet there was he um, wasn't always listened to. But but when we were talking before the break, uh, a, a quotation came to mind that he wrote back in 1777. He said, people crushed by law have no hopes but from power. If law is the enemy, they will be enemies to laws. And if those who have much to hope and nothing to lose will always be dangerous. And so what we come to is in a nation where we're being crushed at every turn, when every principle is being violated, when the <coughs> wicked leadership, and they are wicked, they're scoundrels, almost to 
uh, uh, every uh, almost everyone. There's some exceptions, I would believe, but but most are there seeking, obtaining, and then abusing power, and that was not the American way. And and we get people that use all sorts of excuses. Oh, the welfare clause. Oh, yeah, we gotta we gotta no. Welfare had nothing whatsoever to do with redistributing wealth, taking from one and giving to another. That's explicitly prohibited. We could go back to the Federalist Papers and find out how Hamilton, for example, in a couple of places, was very direct in saying that you can't take one man's means and give it to another because you control the man that you're taking it from. And so it's interesting, uh, just the welfare thing for a second. Uh, it's in both the uh, uh, Article 1, Section 8, and it's also in uh, the, the preamble. But, but what welfare means, according to the Founders' definition, was an exemption from any unusual evil or calamity, the enjoyment of peace and prosperity, or the ordinary blessings of society and civil government. And so let me, let me reading, stop you there, Doctor, really quick about this general welfare clause. Um, not only was the general welfare to prevent calamity and create stability, but it was designed to say, now, in this general welfare, you can only use the tools <coughs> we've given you in the supreme law of the land to carry that out, right? No question. And, and so what the general welfare clause there was to create a stable, predictable government, an environment in which you could start a family and expect to be able to raise them in peace where you could start a business and expect it to succeed based upon your efforts to, to grow it. You, you didn't have to be worried about civil disruption like we hear about in L.A. when buffoons take it to the street and they burn the town down because a ball game got won. You, you have justice administered in the courts. You prevented the foreign powers are held off at bay so that they don't invade our country. Warfare is not something you're going to face. Civil, civil war, um, uh, economic upheaval because of a false money system. And, and you look at this today and you say, wait, wait, no, we have a false money system. Oh, no, the foreign powers don't respect us anymore. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have justice in the courts anymore like we used to have because the founding fathers, when they established a court system, if there was a bias in it at all, it was biased towards the defendant to make certain that there wasn't an innocent person that got punished. But but those kinds of things are being set aside. So the the general welfare clause is being violated at every turn, and, and they've replaced it with a false philosophy of redistribution of wealth. So this idea of the blessings of society and civil government, that's what the general welfare clause was. The civil government did not oppress, it did not betray, it did not abuse. And and this going back to this Edmund Burke letter that he wrote back in 1777. If laws are being created that are pulling these levers of government, and, and we do this all the time. We do it with so-called civil rights laws or, or gender laws or something like that that create rights, rights in quotes, because they're not rights. They are, they are new impositions of responsibility. If you look at the Declaration of Independence, they would be considered pretend rights based on pretend legislation. Indeed, they would be. And here's what's happening. They're trying to limit our God-given rights, the right to keep and bear arms, the right to assemble, the right to 
uh, practice our religion in the marketplace and in the world and everywhere else. The idea of being able to have free speech, which was designed to be able to bring out threats that were being carried out against us by government agencies, uh, <coughs> free, um, you know, the press and everything like that. That has nothing to do with lewd anything. It, it has everything to do with preserving our liberty. But we have twisted and turned these things into perverse views that are being used against us now. And the original intent is, is again, if, if people would study, consider, understand, we would be able to restore these things. And every aspect would be brought into play again. The nullification aspect, the pushing back between the different departments, the, the, the states against the uh, creature overstepping its bounds at the national level. Uh, all of these things would clear up if we had a, an understanding electorate that would say, no, no, no. And, and not it's only not an understanding, on but watch. an insistent electorate to speak up, though. It's one thing to understand. Even Satan knows that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, it's about action, though, of following the principles. Okay, if you know Jesus is the Christ, that's one thing. It's another thing to obey him and follow him. Okay, same thing is true here. You've got to apply these principles, ladies and gentlemen. So one more point on the general uh, clause or general welfare clause in the Constitution. It was intended to create a stable system, a stable environment for us to live and prosper and work as individuals and families under God, not really government. And that's why the Ten Commandments were so key. And that's why there was so very little commandments or mandates by government. Uh, because they just weren't needed for a moral people. Moral people were self-governing individuals, and you don't need a whole lot of guidelines for self-governing governing folks. You need reminders. You need the Ten Commandments. You need uh, clear boundaries. But at the same time, you know what? Pe teach people correct principles, and they govern themselves is the point. Well, anyway, I digress except to say here that the tools in the Constitution were designed to keep that stability. The way you know that the General Welfare Clause is being ran off the rails is because what they need is new authority, new consent, new power to enact all this redistribution of wealth. To enact all this is government is God, and whatever government says goes. They can create rights on the fly. They can this, they can that, they can... It's all a big lie, and you know because the tools of consent are not even found in the Constitution, the supreme law, for those things to occur. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable, live. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. 
American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live. So what I'm saying is you know the general welfare clause is being misinterpreted and off the rails because if you look at the consent of the governed, what we gave them authority to do, defined, articulated, clearly spelled out in the Constitution, uh, hey, they could keep the society stable and create a great environment for you and I to prosper in every way. Uh, but yet the things they want to do with the general welfare clause, uh, they don't have the tools in the Constitution to carry out the unjust, lack of consent, manipulated, perverted actions based on this idea that the general welfare clause is the redistribution of wealth or puts government in charge of anything or anything the government wants to do or say goes. They have unlimited, uh, stretchable or elastic power to do whatever they want to. Look, the tools aren't even in the Constitution for them to carry that out, folks, so you know it's bogus on its very face. Dr. Bradley. If, you know, we should learn from history. I mean, those that don't are doomed to repeat it. But um, uh, we look back and, and, uh, at Rome. Rome began as a republic. It was uh, a solid, stable. Uh, the people were hardworking, and, and they enjoyed good government for a long period of time. And it's interesting, uh, the parallelisms, I mean, they're almost innumerable today if we were to draw them. But if you look at, at how Rome came to fail, and it was uh, immorality and debauchery and everything else like that. But uh, at, during the Constitution Convention of 1787, James Madison said, among the Romans, it was a standing maxim to excite a war whenever a revolt was apprehended. Throughout all of Europe, the armies kept up under the pretense of defending, have enslaved the people. So we look at uh, the failed uh, presidency of Joe Biden, uh, of the uh, governance of the current people that are in office. And the people are saying, wait, 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 something's wrong. This, this is not right. We're, you know, and so as, as we see this uh, kind of rolling discontent that's coming through the, the people, if you will, we're in danger of a war because exciting a war is perceived by the management, if you will, of unifying the people and diverting them from their discontent that they have. So we got to keep our an antennas up about that. But in addition to that, the, the bread and circuses, I mean, you look at the, the foolishness that is, has prevailed across this nation for the bread and circuses that, that we are fed constantly in this nation. To yeah, to make this point, look at the Rams last night. They won in L.A., and then what happens? The winners go and riot. Well, it's like, what the, the heck? The bread and circuses that are diverting our attention from the sober-mindedness of everything that really matters. 
Nothing really mattered about any of those bread and circuses that were fit. Nothing. There was absolutely zero. I mean, if people say, oh, well, our team won. What the heck does that mean? Did did you have any skin in the game? Did you really go out and, and expend your energy on the field? No. No, you sat there on your butt and watched and threw your corn chips at it or whatever the heck it was. And 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 you you have this riotous diversion and and we're letting the, our land slip through our fingers we, you know if we've forgotten the the blessings of liberty because we're being entertained all the time and it's not just ball games i mean we're talking about movies and and uh you know the uh, uh we're talking about a general setting anything. aside of what's important and of value for things of lesser value to the point where we betray that which can keep us free so we talked about Sam Adams a little bit last hour with um, Lil Nelson, and he uh, we talked about five quotes from Samuel Adams, and I want to quote two of them right now again because it really relates to the topic at hand, Dr. Bradley. It is in the interest of tyrants to reduce the people to ignorance and vice, for they cannot live in any country where virtue and knowledge prevail. Now, I think that relates exactly to what you're saying here is that, hey, we're just jettisoning everything of virtuous and lovely and of good report, and we're putting it on the altar of this, uh, what, vice, of this lack of knowledge, ignorance, this where we just simply trade, we literally sell our pot of porridge, if you will. Here's the next quote from Samuel Adams. A true patriot would keep the attention of his fellow citizens awake to their grievances and not allow them to rest until the causes of their just complaints are removed. Okay, these two go hand in hand to say we're literally doubling down on the ignorance and the vice and jettisoning the things of virtue. And patriots such as the Dr. Scott Bradley will continue to hammer on this as long as he can until we either pay attention uh, or until he's not able to do it anymore. And that's where we are at this point, Dr. Bradley. We need to stand in the gap. We need to truly articulate these checks and balances. We truly need to focus on Montesquieu's incredible viewpoint, which is, hey, we have got to work on this stuff, okay? We don't need the majority to prevail. Rather, we need an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. And women, of course, Dr. Bradley. Sam Adams was known as the father of the American Revolution. He was a revolutionary, but he, he, a couple more quotes from Sam Adams that I think it brings back to a common theme on your radio program. He said, the sum of all is, if we would most truly enjoy the gift of heaven, let us become a virtuous people. Then shall we both deserve it and enjoy it. While, on the other hand, if we are universally vicious and debauched in our manners, though the form of our Constitution carries the face of the most exalted freedom, we shall, in reality, be the most abject slaves. Then on another occasion he observed, I thank God that I have lived to see my country independent and free. May She may long enjoy the independence and freedom if she will. It depends on her virtue. So, and, and you mentioned Montesquieu again in your little lead up to this. Montesquieu described a republic in one word, virtue. We have to be a virtuous people if we're going to retain our republic. 
so there's there's so much that ties together i mean it's all interwoven it's all um it's all before us if if we will allow it to be and and it's interesting to me that that the pathway that we're on right now is almost exclusive of these good and noble principles and and it's not by happenstance in fact we'll just use another quotation from our good friend Thomas Jefferson, he said, single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of the day, but a series of oppressions begun at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers to plainly prove a deliberate, systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. See, it's not by chance that they seem to stumble over every correct principle when it's brought forth they seem to never give consideration to any correct principles. They seem to just run willy-nilly just off the rails constantly, uh, carrying out things they have no authority to do. And it's not by just chance. It's as, as, a, it, it's as Thomas Jefferson said, a deliberate, systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. And whether it's bread and circuses that we expend our energies on or it's a, a redistribution of wealth through welfare that's now got over $30 trillion of admitted debt that we've got in the nation that's totally unconstitutional, not only do we start unconstitutional wars, not only do we, do we kill unborn babies, not only do we have immorality running rampant, I mean, you can make a list of all the things, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is a systematical deliberate effort and and unless and until we wake up to what our risk is what our awful situation is i i fear we'll continue to fall into the traps or step in the whatever and continue to find our pathway uh in a turmoil and people go well golly i know something's wrong i just don't know what well virtually everything the government is doing because the government <laughs> never had any authority to do what it wanted what it wants to do now it just well, what I think happen. of what I think of Dr. Bradley to sum up the broadcast today is by their fruits shall you know them. Well, yeah, think about this for a second. These these projects in the big cities that have turned into I mean they're a prison where the gangs and the prisoners are running the the crazy farm. I mean <clears throat> they were going to provide a, a, a place for people to live that uh, didn't have the means to do so. No, government doesn't have a role in that. It doesn't at all. I mean, and, and what we've done is we've taken away, you know, the, the duty, if you will, of, of religion to step in and, and help their fellow man because, oh, no, I gave it the office. You know, everything's taken away in my paycheck, and the government's going to take care of this, and so I can go expend my energy on bread and circuses or whatever, you know. Um, we have lost the the true Christianity of being our brother's keeper by using the force of government to take from some and give to another, and they do a very poor job of that. You you look at the results in Chicago, for example. Holy cow! Or Washington D.C. Holy cow! All the large inner cities, you know, Newark, New Jersey. I mean, pick a big city that's got big projects in it. They're failures because the wrong program is being followed. And even and, though modern day would mock the founders, calling them racists and this and that and whatever dishonest manipulations they may bring forward by their fruits, shall you know them. You look at what the founders created, the greatest country 
in the history of the world, providing more freedom to more people than any other system on the planet, a system with checks and balances to to chain down those who would abuse power, vertical, horizontal checks and balances, uh, combine that with we the people giving consent to certain jurisdictional boundaries on purpose to rein in and chain down and expect government to obey its proper limited supreme law of the land constitutional role. That's the fruits of the founders. And now look at us today and you'll see the fruits of those who rail against the founders. Ye must choose this day what you believe to be the truth based on the fruits, ladies and gentlemen. I, for one, stand with the founding fathers. I, for one, stand with God Almighty and the author of our liberty, Jesus Christ. And until we repent and turn to God Almighty and become a moral people again, you know what? We're in serious trouble. You're going to see more bread and circus and more abuse than you've ever seen before if we continue down this road. I don't mean to be negative, but I do mean to be candid. I do mean to be clear, and I do mean to point out the direction of solutions. Final words yours, Dr. Bradley. Well, the people come to see the law as their enemy, as Burke pointed out, if the law is taking away from their natural God-given things, their freedom to choose, their peace, their prosperity. And what is happening today in the, in the modern world of, of American government, if you will, the local, state, and national, is that the government is creating an environment where the people are pushing back. And, and, and it will come to a, a very ugly finish if we don't realize that the right thing for government was already defined and we go back to that path. Sounds Ladies like and gentlemen, you got to pray hard, you got to repent, you got to get up, and you got to put your own house in order. Then you got to teach your family to do the same. And because families are the fundamental unit of society, in time, government will mirror moral, good, honest families ordained of God by a father and a mother, a male and a female that God put together to carry out his purposes, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. We can be part of that, ladies and gentlemen. What a glorified opportunity God has given us. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.